0: Welcome to the D&D Roundtable, your premier source for
1: D&D news. We cover everything D&D from Wizards of the Coast. We cover updates from the convention circuit. We cover new and exciting products, casts and streams, and events for D&D. We cover happenings in organized play.
0: If it's D&D related, we cover it here.
1: Music. Industrious Ferret is by Kevin McLeod at Incomtech.com. licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Hey, we'd really appreciate it if you dropped us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks. Welcome to today's episode
0: of the D and D Roundtable. Today we have a very special guest on who, if you're available and following us on Twitter, um, you probably have seen us sharing some of his content. So today we have Oliver Clegg, uh, Darkshire now, uh, after his recent marriage to his absolutely lovely husband. And so, Oliver, welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Um, (laughs) Woo.
0: So we'll start out with um, our get-to-know-you question for today, and then let's tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. So we're going to start today with a... Classic favorite. What is your favorite monster? And why is it 40 kobolds in a trench coat? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it should be 40 kobolds, shouldn't know. it? I've got to change my mine now. Can I change my answer? Um, I'm a cliche. I like mind flayers. And I'll tell you for classic why. Classic like, choice. I love mind flayers. I can do the little hand thing in front of your face where like, you have tentacles hanging down, firstly, whenever you do it. And I love them because there's something very peculiar and off-putting about them. Which is where you kinda of glide them in uh, on oh no, a off screen for whatever for whatever reason into some conversation completely unrelated to them. And they're off doing something that's tangential to anything that's going on in the plot whatsoever, following their own little alien agendas. Um, they talk in kind of murmurs and languages don't make any sense. They write by feeling things, they have a lot of feel a lot of things the tentacles, to the time. They just weird everyone out in a way that I really approve, but really he throws the plot off and... You know um, a tangent all the time it just throws people for six whenever you throw a mind flame in the conversation because they're always often some agenda that doesn't make any sense to anyone um and you people start whittling what trying to figure out what they're doing and i don't know looking for a brain most of the time but oh i need to go on (laughs) and solving this puzzle that looks like 10 knives stabbed into a box or something completely irrelevant there's something about them that just if i'm in a panic and i don't know what to do a mind walks in the room, like, you know, Chekhov's gun, you know, like, or whatever it's called. Um, Raymond's Palmer's <laughs> yeah, yeah, gun, as it is. Um, <laughs>
1: it's Chekhov's mind at that point. Somebody's okay. getting their brain sucked out.
2: Don't know what's going on. Mind walks into a room. Like, fantastic. Plus, plot for the next two hours, at least. At least. <laughs> Four on a weekend.
1: That's probably going to be one
0: of my favorite answers we've gotten so far to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm going to have to ask Alan why he likes Mind players and see if it's so involved. love it. (laughs) Uh, My monster as uh, my favorite monster as um, listeners may or may not remember is, of course, uh, 40 kobolds all at once. Um, Why? Uh, Well, have you ever DM for a table of players Mm -hmm. and you say roll initiative and they're like, what? And then you crust the hill with your kobold swarm. (laughs) (laughs) Their faces. That's why.
1: <laughs> Paige. And it's dangerous at levels 1 through 20. Pack <laughs> just got to tune the kobolds a little. Literally scales. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. All right, Paige. Uh well, it will be absolutely no one's surprise Ooh, whoop, that gnolls are my favorite D&D monster uh because they are hyena and I love hyenas. So I would like to put an asterisk by that, not in fifth edition, in fourth edition, I think was the pinnacle of Noldom. Uh, Volo, who is an unreliable narrator, I might add, uh, uh, portrays them in fifth edition as just kind of mindless killing machines. They're like sharks. They just kind of swim around and eat and brutalize whatever they run into. He just met a bad tribe, okay? What he did is he didn't speak the language, and he was doing a very kind of white colonialist sort of interpretation of what was going on. And uh, anyhow, Volo's a fucker. Uh, In the fourth edition and previous sometimes, gnolls were like this bestial savage race, uh, but they fought very hard for their own kind. And uh, they can also be terrifying to adventurers from levels one to 20, just, you know, add, add a few class levels in there and they're good. <laughs> that
0: is very true. Okay, um, so we'll go ahead and start into, um, you know, uh, your questions then. So Paige, where do you want to start with this?
1: The... I feel like we should introduce our guest to Oliver, or rather have Oliver introduce himself to our guests, <laughs> kind of the, who are you? What do you do, and and how are tabletop RPGs or D&D in your life?
2: Oh no, I didn't I didn't prepare this question, which was the obvious question, so I, sh- I should have prepared it. Mostly, <laughs> I, I didn't at all. Um, so I'm all like of I said I write content usually for Dungeon Masters Guild, but lately sort of more broadly D D&D sort of, and hopefully beyond that some just sort of broader TTRPG content. Um, I like writing um strange content i like writing a lot of gay content I like queer content i like writing a lot of content that tries to push the boundaries um, of what D or rpgs do in one way or another um i have an agenda usually a very gay agenda
0: um yeah. oh no oh <laughs> no, oh, no. no, oh, no. Right. there isn't a,
2: there's an agenda you've joined um,
0: our agenda <laughs>
2: <laughs> um so yeah and um, it's kind of something i you know i I'd, I'd do as a as a hobby, sort of what used to be a hobby and now it's consumed my life to the point where it's just eaten away at everything I used to know and love. Um, I wake up at 2 o'clock, 2 a.m. and in the night screaming, I have a new plot line. Um, <laughs> it's kind of just got to the, way anybody, out of control. Anybody
1: who's be- been DMing and writing for decades has that same experience. <laughs> like you just That's got true. up to pee, but then your brain came up with the best plot in the whole world and you can't go back to bed. You got to write it down.
2: Me just in the bathroom at 2 a.m. screaming, 40 kobolds on a hill! Like, Martin's <laughs> like, what are you? 40 kobolds on a hill! And there's a spaceship co- too! Spaceship. <laughs> it's in my mind! And then, <laughs> The next day, is like, you were talking at 2am about kobolds, and I don't know what you mean. That doesn't sound like what, me.
1: What's sadder is looking at the note she wrote at 2am, oh, no. and it merely yeah. says, like, you know, barbecue, mind flare, bookshelves. And at 2am, it was the best plot ever, and the next morning, you're like, you
2: know? What
1: the actual fuck
2: was like, that And thing? I found out I promised it to everyone on Twitter at 2 a.m. And I'm like, well, I had to figure out how to put a haggis into this now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Fair. we're done here. That's <laughs> I made a promise. My, Mind
1: flayer haggis, that sounds <laughs> really special. <It's> delightful <laughs>
2: what it sounds.
0: Well, we can circle back around to your, uh, I guess, uh, sometimes ill advised Twitter promises to people oh, that can kind of end up with great creations. But, to go back to the beginning a little bit when did you first get into ttrpgs
2: um honestly when, when i was uh, when i was a teenager i think an ill-advised um a philosophy <laughs> teacher of mine um he makes all kinds of bad decisions um decided he was going to set up this this rpg club and of course only me and like the three nerdiest people in the school turned up to this um and he ran us through a game called savage worlds um
1: sure sure which
2: um, I said I haven't really played a massive amount of since, but um, you know, it clearly bit us for the bug, clearly, because here I am. Um, and then he left the school shortly afterwards, and someone had to take over. And because I was the oldest one, like there, kind of that fell to me, uh, being responsible naturally, as you can tell. Um, and it kind of got way out of control at that point. Um, we tried sort of fourth edition D and D, but um, it was a little too rope for us, and we ended up playing Savage Worlds for a few years until, you know, we left and I picked up fifth edition after that. But really, it was kind of at the school it kicked off. Know, like like all bad habits sort of a yeah. started on a teenager
0: <laughs> i think that that's a pretty good story i wish i would have started a little younger than i did but uh i guess school for me did it too college university <laughs> <laughs> um so you mentioned that you started with savage world but you do a lot of fifth edition now what kind of game do you most enjoy playing and then what kind of game do you most enjoy writing because
1: those are not necessarily the same thing a- and do you get a chance to play now? Yeah, I like, guess that's, that's some important, of us, too. <laughs> some of us, I say, looking at
2: Jenny and myself, are forever DMs. See, um, I guess, I mean, I quite like, um, I suppose, to one question, but I, suppose I, I quite like being a dungeon master a lot of the time. I've never a control problem. So I quite like having uh, like a table to run and being in control of that narrative. Um, I do play games occasionally when I get sort of, invited to them, tend to be one-shots, but I'm not really um long term player because I tend to ask all sorts of annoying questions and um, I'm just like how is the air getting in the room? And you know, infamously, um, if it's desert, how are they making that much wine? Um, and it kind of goes off like on a massive <laughs> tangent and I get out of control. So I quite like BTM <laughs> because that means I'm not sat there at one AM thinking, but how were they making the wine? And irritating the hell out of everyone. <laughs> So, like, I like being in the in the control seat, which means that my content creation and my dungeon mastering work quite well together because I can write the content and then sell it, and then also I get to run it with no work done, which is great. I look like a genius because I'm like, oh, this is really intricate campaign, some planned out. Turns out I wrote it three years ago. It still yes. like two. <laughs> um, <laughs> it makes it look really good. So it's a it's a win win for me, really. Yeah, um, run, and that's the kind of content. Um, I like I like I like self contained things. So you know, um you know, Blaze in the Dark, that kinda of, that game where you run yep. a heist of scandals. Yep. So mm-hmm. It's like a you mission every week. Like or Monster of the Week, The kind of that um the game we know Scooby Doo style things. I kinda of like sessions that are self contained in a way. Like I'm not me a massive fan of overarching plots almost because
0: a really big commitment is my yeah, problem. And like big... like I wanna do it for you, but like what if something happens and I'm just like I can't finish it and then you're disappointed, I don't have yeah, control.
2: Like <laughs> what if the story never ends that haunts me it haunts me so if the story's done in an hour or two or you know, four hours or whatever then like and next week oh we might start up again that really works for me because i'm like well at least if you know i don't know get hit by a bus tomorrow then nobody's going to be weeping over my coffin and wondering what happened to the kobolds on the hill you know how like, does it end how will <laughs> it end what was the plot line so yeah it's one of the big problems i have with the hardcovers that the dnd hard covers that it takes so long to run mm. and like well the group might not last that long like who knows what could happen like somebody could move off like i uh, have a kid and i have no time or get sick or any anything could happen to any one of the five people that i've inveigled into a room that week so smaller is better
1: i
0: that's that's, I, that's valid and you know i hadn't really yeah, thought about absolutely. it i hadn't really thought about it a lot but that that actually kind of <laughs> syncs up with my feelings on the matter i really that's one of the reasons i really love adventurers league because most of them are one shots you set it down and if everyone can pay attention we can finish this in four hours
2: right (laughs) you get through it lots
1: of luck with that (laughs) Uh,
0: well now that we've moved online we can finish a four-hour adventure in maybe seven and those six-hour adventures let's not talk about it (laughs) yeah i ran my i ran my six-hour adventure um actually online for autumn rebel recently and uh
1: yeah, we, I I had to trim a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But how many how many hours did you run it in? Two or three? I had a six hour slot. Nice. Oh, that's cool. We didn't. Man, even... that's fortitude to DM online mm. in the go mode for six hours. Like
2: four is like my max. Like I'm done after yeah. four. I won't go home. Yeah. Like i won't yeah. Well,
0: I only agreed to do it because I wrote it. <laughs> so okay. it's like I know how it goes.
1: Well, I, I,
0: I think I can. I think I can do this. Um. Okay then, so uh, kind of you know um, alluded to this a couple of times, your content is not necessarily the average adventure that people are putting out there, and you come up with, you know some weird ideas two a.m. or based on uh, tweet reply whatever. Where where do you get all of these ideas though? Since your content is so different, is mostly like toilet thoughts. <laughs>
1: and and with a a side order on that question of um you might want to describe the kind of things that you produce for our audience who is not familiar with your discography
0: yeah that's 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 true probably a couple of examples of stuff like i know one title uh that for me like stands out as being super different was your your any nominated one uh killer kobolds from outer space um because we're going to take those kobolds and we're going to take space and i love both (laughs) of these things
2: it's um actually to take that one it's a good example that one i I have to wait for the the muse to strike but the muse only strikes in very specific circumstances uh, which is when i am in no position to do anything about it so when i'm literally out and about or not ready to do anything about it so usually i am i tend to because content creation is strange you're trying to push out a lot of stuff and you often need the art can be quite expensive so often i'm looking for the art first and to ground a project off and the killer kobolds for instance i came across this um so Kevin Miller did the art for the um, Kobolds. And I came across his art back in Roll 20 looking for something else while I was in the middle of a game. And I was like, oh my god, these Kobolds are adorable. But what if they had a spatula that shocked people? Um, <laughs> and the game I was playing, I was in the middle of it. And I thought, genius. So I went looking for a, like, a set of sci-fi gizmos, or like kitchen equipment or whatever. Um, and then when I had them, I was like, well, this basically is a project in itself at this point. All I need is like I don't know, a framing device. So... I went off and found that and it kind of came together that kind of comes together piecemeal you know in, in situations mm-hmm. where I'm not really ready to do anything with it and eventually it forms a project while I'm doing it I don't come at it with oh I'm gonna kill a girl but I'm out of space is the idea it, it forms itself from you know <laughs> the, the so it's kind, kind,
1: of... kind of like a, a crow it's like oh that's a shiny pebble yes, and that's a shiny pebble exactly. and that's a shiny pebble and
2: it's a very good way of putting it if it's shiny oh repeat and eventually those shiny Ooh, piece pieces of candy of, like coming in a bowl and i'm like well now they're a project together so
1: yeah um, yeah um
0: <laughs> and and then i think you, you definitely probably agree that a lot of your other content is influenced by like your interest in life um like the uh i guess controversial now curse of hearts oh yeah drama
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean lately um now that I've been doing better with them, now that my content does better, and now that my name seems to, to sell it in of itself, now that I have the the almost the grounding capital to do things that I want to do, I have almost more license to think of a project and then do it because I know that I'll have the money to cover the the art cost for it. Mm-hmm. So it's a big limit when anything any content creator does. Yeah, if I I'm not going to find stock art of a leather daddy vampire <laughs> mocking one of the hardcovers. covers, like, it's not going to happen. But if I want that, I have to commission it. So with that one, I was like, right. well, gee, I want, I want to talk about a certain thing, and I have to make sure I've got the art that I couldn't have done that when I started, but now I can do what the fuck I want. Um
1: That so. is a great feeling. <laughs> Very liberating. So so you found Kevin through literally his roll. stuff on DM's Guild. How did roll you meet, 20. Uh, or uh, Roll 20, I'm so sorry. 20. Roll 20. Right. Uh, how did you meet uh Louis uh Abadias?
2: Um... I was stalking his Twitter, I think. <laughs> um, I was looking Fair. for an artist to do the kind of thing Twitter I Twitter is. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yes, yeah. kiss. Um, and I, I think I came across him. I was doing some. I needed some art for a project called Attack of the 50-foot Bikini Werewolf. And I oh, thought, yeah. I need, like, I I need a werewolf in a bikini. And I thought, who am I going to get me to draw a giant werewolf in a bikini that's not going <laughs> to shut me down and say, I can never work with you again, you're a monster? Um, and I thought <laughs> he is literally the only person I can ask. Him, like I know at the point, he's, he's not gonna say go away, I hate you. And as the, I approached him and said, "Can you do this?" He was like, "Yes, I love it. I want to do it." Um, and after that, I just <laughs> never stopped asking him for unreasonable things. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> that is so. a
2: fair descriptor of your relationship. You know, though, sir. that is a you fair know, descriptor.
0: Though, I don't think he thinks any of your things are unreasonable at this point. It's Very just like, what's good, what's what's next? <laughs> you want you want. You just, you want gay centaurs? Yeah, all
2: right. I keep <laughs> trying to shock him. I keep trying to shock him every time. I'm like something weird. He's gonna say no to one of these one day. I have to figure like, he'll say no. Like carpet work him. dungeon. Yeah, and he was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, so we need gales, and he want them to be a weird like having and choking out. He was like, yeah, what if it was in a sex dungeon though? And I was like, okay, well, I guess that's the project now. <laughs> um, thanks.
0: You're like, I'm sold. I'm sold. Oh, okay. I'm sold.
2: Yes, keep talking. <laughs> so, um, there he was. And he just every time he like takes it to the next, you know. <laughs> Rams it up a notch, so I, I, I quite I quite enjoy his company, really. Uh, yes,
1: he, I I don't know him personally, but I too have stalked him on Twitter, and I find his Twitter account to be a source of never-ending joy in yes. the black pit of despair that is twenty twenty.
2: It's just like eternally horny, and I'm just like, you know what, monsters and bikinis, you you go, you do you, and I will just leech off that. Um.
1: So. So you, you mentioned very briefly earlier that this was a hobby and a side gig, and now it is, it is your main job. What was that path like? Because you kind of, you are living the life. You are a role model that somebody in our audience is looking up to saying, I want to be that guy. I I want to have that lifestyle. I yeah, want to get that job. I know. I always say
0: the same thing. But why are they doing that? What, why
1: <laughs> why? Um, uh, no, no. Somebody out there is with stars in their eyes, saying, "I want to do what he does." And how how would you describe that path? And how would you because everybody's way they got here is different.
2: Hmm. And
1: and how would you suggest that a new, fresh creator person uh take a similar path to yours
2: oh, confession um i have my full-time job isn't really this um i work in a oh, bookstore really? yeah i
1: did not know that i, I thought I, this right? was your full-time hustle
2: i don't talk about it much because it's a bookstore what's there to say um i judge people all day for a living and refuse to sell them books i love um,
0: books books <laughs> are important to me just which, you know, nope. which is
2: quite fun but um you know it's a uh, they uh, tend to keep that out of my rpg talk um but so this this genuinely was something that I just kind of appeared on the horizon by accident. I just walked into it thinking, well, here's an adventure I want to write. The DMs Guild is offering a platform to do so. And honestly, a lot of the creators have been very helpful. And um, the framework which they give you and the, the advice that you get has made, it, made it easier than ever for anyone to just pick it up and start doing it. And unfortunately, I have a bit of a compulsive <laughs> streak where every time i produced like something and it, uh, it didn't look like somebody else's i was like well wh- what's wrong with it what did i do wrong um and so i fixed it and i kept fixing it until it got to the point where uh, i had made a lot of promises <laughs> <laughs> and i'd create a lot of projects and it was it started to bring money in and the, the money was a big like motivator for me in some way to kind of change things i was like well actually i can suddenly afford to do a lot of things that i always wanted to do that are not affordable on a bookseller salary. <laughs> like 600 does not make a lot oh, of money true. in case no one didn't true. tell you. Um, it really was a case of just trying and trying and trying again in my free time, let alone I don't have any hobbies, um, until I get it right. And along the way, that started to make money. It was very much a incidental curve upwards. And when it got to the point where it started making enough money to reinvest into the you know, products again, Mm-hmm. Um, that's when it really began to snowball. But that was only about a year or two in. Um, it was just really sort of... Yeah, so,
0: so, um, so you've been at this then for several years. I think you started like back near when the guild started, right?
2: Um, I just, a little time after, yeah. I missed the initial um, the cover, I suppose. I missed a year, but I think about a year after it started, it started, started to... The whispers started to work their way into my sort of <laughs> back of my mind. Uh, hearing about it and yeah I guess I, I started really small then and just it, honestly it was just time and patience which not I guess everyone has You have a lot of time I suppose but I mean Truth. it just it wasn't the case if I went into this looking to make it a success it just kind of I suppose I was there for long well, enough that Laura averages um,
0: well uh, <laughs> I mean and, and very true um, as Paige is fond of saying the way to make a small fortune in tabletop rpgs is to start with a very large fortune <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think you're probably very true right. Facts. Yeah. yeah, true. Um,
0: we are not in this for the money. Um,
1: yes, if we money. wanted money, we would have been doctors and lawyers, <laughs> yes. medical doctors and lawyers. Uh, right. My doctorate is not.
2: <laughs> not I was going to say, say
1: Doctor Page.
2: Very specific kind medical of. doctors.
1: <laughs> um, so you have done a couple projects on DMs Guild uh that have a structure that i haven't seen anybody else use and i think it's fascinating so it's kind of like kickstarter light and i'm talking specifically about the darkon ravenloft gazetteer and i guess verbeck 2 does this as well so what they do for our audience is that as dm's guild gives you a new level of bestseller it was copper silver electrum mm. gold Myth. something 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 Platinum adamantine something. Yeah.
0: yeah uh yeah. you skipped mithril somewhere in there but yes yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah um but every time it gets a new level you publish a new chapter and then push it out as an update to all the people who have bought the product. where'd you come up with that idea? How's it working for you?
2: Um I honestly forget. Um it was a long time ago now when it happened. I think it came out of desperation really because I started this 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 Darkon Gazetteer. And for those of you who don't know, um, sort of it's a uh, this Darkon Gazetteer is sort of a, a setting update almost the Ravenloft campaign setting, a Gothic horror vibe. And Darkon was like this huge, um, kind of um, product. That I kind of wanted to um, grab before one of the creator did it. If I'm honest with you, um, because it was a quite popular with old Ravenloft fans. Uh, I wanted to get my name on it before someone else took it. And I thought, well, I better write this Gazetteer. But I, as I started doing it, I realized how mammoth a project it was. And what was going to happen if I just if I did the whole thing at once was I was going to get bogged down and never see the light of day again. Um, it was painted. It's a setting with a lot of history to it, and to update it properly and do it justice, it would take a long time. So I think I I don't know where the idea came from. But I said to myself, I'm not going to do it all at once. What I'll do is I'll be part of it now, and I'll promise the rest. Um, but you know, thinking to myself that gee, what the chance to ever hit the at that point? I'd bet I hadn't done written much stuff. Like the stuff wasn't hitting break quickly or at all. I thought, well. <laughs> It's silver. I'll, I'll get away with this because I'll never have to do it. Um, alas. <laughs> it's um, currently victim, at Electrum. I'm Yeah, victim of my own success. Um, I, it transpires you know, down the line. It actually turns out it did at some point, and now have to you know, pay the piper, um, which is fine because I actually rather enjoy doing it. But it does mean juggling a lot of plates um, and making sure that you don't you know, neglect the whole content that's been sitting there. And honestly, I do owe that one another update, if not to you. So, guilty. Uh, guilty as charged. But <laughs> I've used it since quite effectively. Um,
1: yeah, tell, tell so it works. It, it's it works. It's kind of like a Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, the more people that pledge, the better stuff you get.
2: I get people commenting on the product saying, look, I bought this because I want the, I don't know, Electrum Update or something. All right, you know, I've got this and I really enjoyed the Electrum Update. When's the next one coming out? Particularly, um, I did one recently called Gods of Faerun, where I wanted, to, I wanted to publish this sort of gods because if those of you who know the Foreign god Runs for a campaign setting, it's absolutely. You know, crafting itself with gods that was like ten thousand of the little you know idiots like running about the place so i thought well i'll do like the core i don't know 50 or whatever first and then i'll do like the, the good 12 way with every single update and that's a better way than doing 100 at once and it's worked quite well because people have been yeah. like, buying it literally to push to the next update of the god that they want um so over time we've kind of fine-tuned it and so and some certain products use it certain don't the ones that um are much more um modular um, I think, use it better, almost. The ones where you can add like a pack of gods, like a pack of items or a pack of books like, to it. I think it would be a lot more effective.
0: And you've gotten a lot of um, really interesting products to where it's, it is just like those kind of, almost like a DLC pack. Um, so now we've got... Yep. Thirteen classes that you never knew you needed or <laughs> or, or your new warlock patrons that no one's yeah. gonna like.
2: <laughs> they do not know. They're very miserable. Um yeah, so I'm I, I've lately I've been exploring a lot more with that. I never used to do any player options. Um because I thought, gee, everyone's doing player options. Um I'll get lost in the crowd. Um I thought, well gee, how am I ever gonna make a noise with so many people would player player options? But now that I have more of a platform, people are gonna listen anyway. Um I have more freedom to write any kind of content i the thought, well, I haven't written that yet. Let's give it a try. And actually, because players, like there's five players every 1DM, statistically, it works out rather well. <laughs> it turns out in the end. Um, Theoretically, I yeah. I hadn't taken that into account. Uh, but with that platform already established, it's easier for me to get a grip on those, No, you know, that audience who I, it might have ignored me if I'd started doing that originally. If that makes any sense
0: no that, that makes that makes perfect sense you kind of you know got the name recognition first and then started experimenting a little more um broadly uh so where, where are we at page stop moving stuff around on the notes
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just move stuff around that we'd already discussed because yeah, I, I skipped ahead yeah so i, I guess it's a topic
0: that, I mean, you're kind of well known for at this point, uh, as Paige terms it, the DM Guilds thing, DMs Guild thing in Curse of Hearts. So, can you tell our audience a little bit about what happened there and why Curse of Hearts isn't available on the DMs Guild?
2: So, with a caveat that different people who are involved in this process see what happened very differently. And some of them are clearly lying, lying, not liar people. And some of them are misunderstood and some, some people genuinely, there was a misunderstanding and I burned bridges that I didn't mean to. Um, I can only say what happened from the way I saw it, if that makes any sense, but mm-hmm. with, with that in mind. 100%. <laughs> I,
1: I, I, everybody realizes that for any controversial event, there are
2: multiple sides to the story. There are going to be. Um, and I think we'll obviously I take what I'm saying with a pinch of salt here. let
0: get a D100 and pick a side.
2: <laughs> I like that. Um, so, the because Hearts then came about because I wanted to have a conversation. Really, it was a, it was a, it was an idea. Project. It was an agenda project. I wanted to have a conversation about um, what it means to sense different kinds of, offen- you know, offensive or lewd content. So, fantasy, I think, has a broader problem with um, sort of how it presents sort of male and female bodies and what's acceptable and what's not. Um, which is to do with how the, the fact the fantasy was covered by the male gaze in the time of the 1970s, and in essence, the female form was accessible because it's okay to the straight men, and the, the male form was not because they don't want to see it. In, and I, th- I, you know, I yeah. thought there was a double standard there, particularly in some of the like Dungeons and Dragons.
0: In the original play, uh, Monster Manual, the um, oh goodness, what is it? Succubus is just literally bare-breasted.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: And, and the Sphinx. And uh, there were a couple more. As a kid, I actually... I took cartoon or crayons and I colored in clothes on them because they <laughs> they looked cold like, to
2: me. <laughs> well, I, don't, well, I don't go outside anytime soon, so it, it it bothered me honestly. It's always bothered me, and so I thought, well, gee, I have the platform now. I have the like the money to write this project finally, like, and we'll see how it goes down. I knew there was going to be a problem as soon as I wrote it. I won't say that, I won't lie; say I'll go into it with complete innocence. Like, I knew that there was going to be an issue. I just wanted to. I didn't think it would go as far as it did. But I wanted their people to buy it and read it and think, well, gee, that's thought-provoking, actually. Maybe I'm looking at this sure. wrong. So I commissioned sure. a whole lot of art. I got you no know, U.S. to do a whole bunch of um, you know, colour and a bunch of his old art, to do some new stuff. Um, There's an artist, another artist called Ashley Ireland who did some of the vampires. And I thought, we'll do gay vampires. I'm going to have yes. all of be really slutty. And they're all going to be most uh, are either men or non-binary. And we're going to see which ones the guild has a problem with. <laughs> you know, and we'll, we'll see where they draw the line, shall we?
1: It, it's good to test those boundaries because those boundaries have not been tested as oh. a as a as a gameplay community.
2: Like it didn't feel like you now the conversation was being had. So I thought, well, guess we'll have it. Um, and so I published this this module called called C- Cards of Hearts with the um with the theme that you go into a gay vampire's mansion and everyone there is lovesick and no needs matchmaking. It's the content of it in uh, in, uh, sort of in heart is actually very relatively benign um at no point do i do i mention you know I, there's some things implied but at no point is it i think it's go higher than like a pg material really like in the words i was using um the right. art, art content at the time i've upgraded it since with a lot more penises but art, art content we weren't showing any we weren't showing any genitals really we were showing some some nipples we, they it was unclear at some points whether they were male or female presenting and we had a lot of innuendo in the art a
0: very suggestive yep. suggestions expression. expressions yeah
2: was what was was said and, again, and, and
0: then. i definitely agree with the assessment that like the content itself like there was no like inherently sexual scenes in there it's just like you know they they want your your love it, it, but there was you know? no, no talk of sex or even really necessarily sexuality that was all just kind of inferred
2: But well, i kind of wanted the conversation to be about the art in some way so i thought well if i distract people by making you know all the content needlessly you know um needlessly sexual, then they'll, they'll, you know, they won't realise the point. Um, and so it, it was up for about, what, um, like an hour, a few hours, maybe, before I got an email from Publisher it was
1: Relations. It af- afternoon in, in my
2: day. <laughs> afternoon, like, right?
1: Oh, that looks interesting. Hey, that's gone.
2: Gone. Yeah. Um, they offered him up like a lamb to the slaughter. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'd n- I'd never heard of this chat before. I didn't. I'd never heard of him. And clearly, they he wrote to me like he was walking on eggshells, presumably because of you. That I have a reputation for not taking any shit. If you language.
0: No, 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 your no. Language is perfectly fine. Use it.
1: Let it out. Penny and I, I really are big this. fans of uh, the "I don't give a shit, come at me, bro" lifestyle.
2: <laughs> it, um,
1: I don't have any to give.
2: He genuinely seemed terrified. So I. The other back was like, this is not cool. Okay, you know, with a whole list of problems of why they didn't meet the Wizards family-friendly brand and why they had to take it down. If they wanted to publish somewhere else, you know, they would consider, you know, talking it over with me. Um, Which, of course, sent me immediately on a rampage because this was the entire point. And not only how we were not having the conversation anymore, that actually shut it down, which I didn't really expect. I wasn't expecting it to be banned in the first 48 hours. Um, And it escalated from there, really. Um, it escalated mainly because I got a call, well, I I, I got contacted by, by Lisa Penrose who runs the community management, which is a very difficult job by the look of it. Um, I have to deal with people like me all the time. Um, yep. When, in fact, I burned this bridge over. Who um, decided that she wanted to call me over. We had a conversation that she remembers very differently to the way I remembered it, <laughs> um, and asked me if I would consider censoring some of the artwork in places where they thought it was unreasonable. Um, which. I agreed to do, mainly because I knew that I could censor it in a way that would make everyone look really bad.
0: Your censors um, were a little bit snarky.
2: Oh, they were absolutely snarky, but that was <laughs> the point. You can't censor someone expect them to take it. What they wanted was a censor out of me to be okay with it, which was no, never going to happen. Like, if you censor yeah, something, you have to be prepared
1: compliance is, a, is a beautiful thing.
2: Because I didn't agree with the principle, they were censoring it. They were censoring things that, honestly, I mean, well, the way Lewis pointed out, they 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 accused the um the, one of the, one of the pictures of Slime Man of caressing his nipple. That didn't exist. There was no nipple on the artwork. And when like, Lewis like pointed out the anatomy of the guy he was caressing his sternum, I didn't even know where the nipple was because again, it's an ooze. It doesn't have nipples. <laughs> um, so really, they were just targeting it because it was a picture of a man with a suggestive expression which was almost which is almost identical to a picture in the DMs called Stock Art with a woman doing exactly the same expression and exactly the same pose. And they were giving that out to creators for free to put into their art, you know, like put into their projects. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, there was just a bias. So... Definitely
0: yeah. a bias. And this, this, this whole debacle kind of triggered this... I um, lack of a better word, shitstorm on Twitter yeah. <laughs> of people posting all of these art from the officially publicly available stock art hey we're recommending this to you of
1: and officially out there wizards of the coast materials that's from true too. various editions
2: yeah
0: uh, of this is fine we're good with this this fits within our family friendly or whatever they're wanting to call it guidelines mm-hmm. and so like and and even like in my opinion to me like even the they called out what was it like four or five pieces specifically that were mm-hmm. loot? And like even of the ones in the book, like the the, the couple they called out, I'm like, why those? Like if, if things are too sexual, like why is the gay leather daddy on the cover fine? Because like because like if you if you know, I mean, and and we have the internet, so we all know, but if you know anything about that, you're like, I know what he's into. <laughs>
2: Interesting, isn't it? The things they picked were interesting. One of the things that uh, uh, irritated me the most was that there was an art piece of art put in there, which was a mimic, um, which was deliberately non-binary, like, fem-coded, deliberately, which was far, far more, there's a sign saying loot me in its mouth, like, it was the, like, far more suggested than almost anything else I put in that book, and that went by, they passed that over without looking at it, they never even mentioned it. And that just screams to me that they were basically looking for art that was basically almost gay in nature, practically. Or the person was looking at it tagged without meaning to, perhaps even, which is basically the problem. Um, all the art that was targeted for men. I went, those things are unacceptable and just didn't even see the others, which demonstrated yeah. the problem to the me. unconscious right? bias.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The unconscious bias is absolutely a thing. And in an industry populated uh, largely by... Sexual heterosexual men Mm
0: -hmm. i don't have the water we swim
1: in i don't have the
0: post on my phone i was looking at it a couple hours ago again but uh it's a book um an elminster book uh, the 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 terrible one and like yeah right right. down the really bad one but anyways and like (laughs) there's like screenshot of some of the pictures where like, he's just, Ed's just going on and on about like, how like form-fitting it is, and and it's blowing in the breeze, and you can see her perky breasts, and I'm like
2: (laughs) are we trying
0: to like, sleep with her? Or is she someone who's gonna help you? She's,
2: oh, she's just the worst.
0: And it was just like, and I'm like and all of this is canon, and this is fine.
2: Yeah, just family-friendly, apparently. On yes brand. because
1: when it's when it's the female or femme coated bodies that are naked and you have boobies that's swell because heterosexual boys like some boobies generally
2: yeah, that is that is but a, rule. The minute, a massive double standard yes you can you
0: can, you can describe an intricate detail using uh, your words it definitely for sure um how her breasts might sway as she <laughs> trots, as she trots down the stairs, or right? you know, and, like, totally and I'm like, boring. and I'm like, I don't think we need to talk about like this, <laughs>
1: like. It's really not relevant, is it? Really? Why are um, we talking about boobs in D and D? Like it, it's and it bothers How does me this relate to the plot?
2: I don't expect like everyone to have a massive amount of dicks swinging about in their material. That's not necessary. What matters to me is that like the the, the ground is level. And if we're not having any like sexual content in our DMs material, honestly, I mean that's not a completely unfair shout. If you don't want that as part of your brand, yeah. but it has to be across the board. Like I will find another way to yep. publish gay sex D and D material. That is fine. But I, what I don't want is me not able to publish like dick swinging in the wind. But suddenly, like every two-bit straight man is walking down the stairs with like two like breasts strapped to a like chainmail act. Like it does not make any <laughs> sense to me. So I want level playing field. But that's going to really upset like a bunch of the, their core like like hetra normative bastard like player base so i can understand why they're so resistant to it but it still has to happen like yeah <laughs> even no, if it upsets you, everyone
1: do you feel like women or femme coded persons responded differently to this than men
2: i mean there was a i mean I mean, a lot of my I mean I, I, a lot lot of the straight men like in my followers that ditched me ages ago let's be honest like a, a lot of them just didn't do not want to hear what i have to say and they were like out of the window a while ago so I'm, like my i guess slightly bias a lot of the men that follow me are gay um and so obviously naturally a lot of them were inclined to agree with me anyway um there were some concerns that i think i think were valid by with some women who work on, on the guilds who like don't necessarily want to see like the form of sexualizing more than it already has been uh, and they were quite worried that it would swing the other way completely and it would just open the floodgates to a bunch of, like, I don't know, cellar-dwelling, like, troglodytes, like, basically drawing giant pictures of boobs and publishing them as stock art. And it's like, I totally get that <laughs> response. It's not what it's about, yeah. but I understand the concern because, you know, I think, like, the female form has sub- been subjected to Ed Greenwood for so many years already, like, I don't need any more of those popping up out of the woodwork.
0: And, and um, to, be, to be clear, there's a product of, you know, pretty much just sexual anatomy there, that, that is available on drive through RPG, which is not the DM scale, that's it's it's sister company separate. Yeah, they have completely very different, different standards. Set of rules. But yeah. like the fact that like there's content out there and people are publishing it for RPGs like kind of speaks to the history of art. Like people are like sexualizing female form is normal.
2: It's just considered like the norm and it needs to not be the norm <laughs> yes um no, it needs to be like across the way everyone needs to be able to um, know what the boundaries are know what content are allowed to publish and that that boundary like of, of what is sexually explicit content needs to be clear and it's be the same for all your creators whether they're gay or straight or and however they whatever they want to look at what they don't because i have to think that there are asexual creators out there as well who don't want to see any of that stuff and uh, you've got to case con- c- c- for everyone the rules have to be the same for everyone that's that's what it means and without but what, they, what they've been trying to do is avoid defining what this what um because they don't want to define it because it's very difficult to define what is uh, lewd stuff and what is not they've been trying to avoid doing it for a very long time which has resulted in that inherent bias creeping in
1: and in the last thing you want to do to a community of many game-playing folk is give them a rule <laughs> to yes. break
0: this is an ambiguous an amb- ambiguous rule um mm-hmm. yes no your yeah. rules your rules need to be clearly rules as written and there's no there's no flex for like oh well they intended <laughs> that's how we end up wasting the entire game session
1: arguing
2: <laughs> uh, this is uh, it, it bleeds it, into the real issue doesn't it really i suppose because when you sorry go ahead. Uh, no go ahead uh, go ahead uh, because when you have this um this case where we need to set the rules now you need to make those rules understandable and justify them and, and stand by them which is very difficult for working in a genre that's entirely fantasy because you do suddenly get asked, asked some questions about so which of these nipples is wrong what well, they're both on oos. Uh, one of them is a uh, no uh, uh male ooze, one of the females one's on binary they all look the same which one are you banning and suddenly that double standard for that becomes very clear uh but that's a broader problem than dndc so i can see why they're <laughs> like in some ways they i uh, i guess american laws maybe you know, play into the study they're obliged to ban some things and not others uh, but the double standard is very clear because they a fantasy explores all kinds of you know, fringe areas that aren't don't exist in real life. Like, you know, what if a Tarask has nipples? We ban them. You I, know, like you
0: know, I, 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 I think how many nipples would they have?
2: So many, it's a <laughs> I they, <laughs> have have,
0: they have to have at least eight to like, suckle what, all the newborns, right? How many
2: baby tarasks they have I suppose?
0: Well, do they do they suckle? Are they eggs? I don't I don't actually <laughs> know <laughs> How would how would we know? How would we know? Like, <laughs>
1: we know. James and <laughs> I, I
0: don't know. I need a Tarask expert. Yeah, we'll have to call James. <laughs> um
1: so 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 what happened was that you put your art up or you put uh curse of hearts up it got taken down lisa called you and then what happened next
2: well we disagreed about what happened in the call on problem with the call is there's no there's no text record. afterwards to guarantee it yeah i put yeah. the censored version up which caused problems they emailed me saying your censored version was found to be i don't know needlessly confrontational i think was turned to use I was like you know, it was appropriately <laughs> confrontational thank you like it was exactly the intended amount of confrontation It could have been more frankly we didn't have much time so there we were with this like the problem where they were like well you have to put this you know um you have to replace it with a version that's not we're, we're going to take this all down and i said well in that case we're taking it down at which point i released like this thread about what the problem was, and that obviously blew up, and uh, they released one or two statements that were vastly insufficient, and you know, were ratioed to hell. So I felt quite justified in that, um, okay. and I had to find a new new home for it. Really, um, was mm-hmm. was the upshot of it? Like, I didn't want to play by those rules, um, so I thought, well, we'll just expose the rules, for what they are. People can make their own judgment about that, and I'll find a new home.
1: So, did uh, DM's Guild change? any of their rules about what content they do and do not want to see on their platform after this?
2: Well, what they've been doing is they left it long enough that they thought people would forget. And then they decided to come up with a bunch of revised content guidelines, um, which they consulted a lot of creators on, but they didn't chose not to consult me on, despite the fact that I literally caused this. <laughs> um, but that wasn't on the table because again, burned out bridge with Lisa and she was organizing it. So. They kind of they created these new content guidelines, which has been in formation for months. And honestly, it's like 10 paragraphs. How long could it take to write? But presumably, they bounced it back to Wizards a few times. And you know, it's been ongoing for a few months now, them writing this. And they're kind of hoping that everyone will forget that it was not some grand act of charity, like this is all that it was not long overdue. Um, I think they're just uh, hoping everyone will forget, and they'll be able to say, look, we've altruistically and of our own volition updated our content guidelines. Um
0: and it, it, it is definitely, I'll say, like, while they've been a little bit slow on the response and solidifying proper guidelines, like I think it's definitely generated a lot of very good commentary within the community itself as far as like people either speaking up or speaking out against like these things in particular. And it's generated a lot of very good conversation. Um, at least on Twitter, uh, juicy conversation as to like what's acceptable anyways. And like you, de- you get vastly different viewpoints from this depending on even like wh- what country the people are from because it's uh, it's definitely a decidedly um, American thing to, I guess, not- Panic
1: like a Puritan <laughs> when nipples are involved?
0: <laughs> oh. to-, to overreact in the presence of any- uh, potentially sexual suggestive content versus like you can like be graphically violent and like, ah, it's fine. (laughs) And so it's just like the the whole conversation that all of this is just open has been uh, very enlightening. And uh, I think it's encouraging some people to also um, push the bounds a little bit, not necessarily um, on art as much as you did, but like a lot more content has been um, what I would term as um, blatantly <laughs> laying down the homosexual <laughs> agenda.
2: Well, good. I'm, I'm not Woke. sorry. Like, <laughs> no, no. At all. Don't be, I'm like,
0: <laughs> <I mean>, sorry. <laughs> I had
2: to offend some people that I didn't really necessarily want to disagree with because they were useful to me, honestly. But at the same time, like, I'm glad that, that there is, it does seem to be a lot more massively gay content out there at the moment. And to whatever part to play on that, I'm glad for it. Um, because, yep. you know, it's, it, it speaks like a the community that feels like it can say stuff you know and i want that the more people do that the more it snowballs you know mm-hmm. like the more people are the more people feel safe to do that um so it's good it's a good thing and the,
0: <laughs> and the more we bring any marginalized community into the light and allow them to speak up and have their you know uh say their piece like the more comfortable other similarly marginalized communities feel, feel yep. speaking up like we're We're white. We're all very white. And so we have we have we have a bit of privilege. And so like I think it's very important that, you know, we're all speaking up. I know directly after yours, Paige and I, uh maybe like an hour after it went down, we were we were talking. All right, so we're gonna produce something and everyone in it's gonna be hella gay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) As gay as
0: gay can be. Hasn't panned out yet because you know those plates. (laughs)
2: oh right? yeah, the plates <laughs> the perpetual juggling I know oh, it well Yeah. but yeah it's just it's good to see that kind of visibility and uh, as you said like that, there are a lot of ways in which I'm I'm very privileged like I'm, I'm white I'm cisgender, I'm a man like those things play play massively in my favour like, I get away with a lot of shit that I shouldn't that's why I feel that it's push the window so far on what is acceptable with like the gay content and you know make that conversation because I can do that while mm-hmm. other people necessarily can't and that means that everything suddenly to the right of that you see what I mean or or downwards yep. of that is suddenly more acceptable, so people can make content that isn't as ex- doesn't have as much explicit art, but is still very gay in ways that they might have got blowback on before. Because these but not as gay as Curse of Hearts, is it? You know. Well,
1: so, yes, I yes, mean, it, it's it, gay, that's pretty but gay, but it's, it's not uh, Curse of Hearts. Uh, it's gay, so but it's daddy not. Yeah, it's not all of her
0: gay though. It's just it it's
2: just as normal. Flexes from people who might not want that kind of or be prepared to take to have those kind of conversations. Because you know, I I, I feel like I would have wanted that when I started. Uh, I didn't produce much gay content when I started, not nearly as much, because I didn't, almost didn't feel like I, ha- I had that community of people. I knew they were out there, but they weren't visible. Mm-hmm. So I feel like everyone has a responsibility to be a, a little of a something that they they wanted to see when they started. And that's, that's what I wanted when I started. So here we are.
1: I mean, I think you have, um, well, two things. So in the course of American history, and I say this because... D&D, while played all over the world, is still a company based in America and mostly staffed by Americans. And we have a tradition here where stuff doesn't change for the better until somebody pitches a fit. (laughs) And those fits have been of various (laughs) sizes, but until somebody pitches a fit and says, this is wrong, and has a fight about it. Stuff so I mean, usually doesn't a, get changed. This
0: was a pretty small fit by Love comparison. It. You didn't throw all the content into the Boston Harbor or anything,
1: <laughs> oh, <didn't>, right. really.
2: <laughs> nothing right. got burned down, which you know I thought a lot of restraint on my part. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> um, uh, so,
1: so I do feel like because you you had to pitch fit because that's the only way stuff changes writ large. Uh, but I think that discussion as traumatic as it was for a lot of people because i imagine it was very traumatic for you it was probably traumatic for a lot of people people. watching
0: on too it was traumatic for
1: everybody looking at it uh but even given the trauma i think now people are like huh that is totally a thing i am now aware of this hypocrisy so there's pretty good silver lining i think
2: yeah i hope so yeah i like to think so i think I feel more comfortable having that conversation like, more often, like I do all the time. Bang on about it forever. Me banging my pots in the street, like a you know, 2 a.m. Like, listen <laughs> to me when I talk about boobs. Um But like, yeah, I feel like I can have that conversation again with, with it already contextualized almost. The people that follow me, like they already know about the the drama most of the time. So <laughs> you just keep having it.
0: If they don't, they will shortly it, find out. <laughs> they
2: will inevitably. Inevitably, <laughs> kind of fuss.
0: Um. Okay. Well. So. Um. With. Uh. Curse of Hearts. You did end up moving it from the DM skill to proudgeek.co.uk. Uh, <laughs> I guess I should put the dash in proudgeek too.
2: <laughs>
0: there, the link will be on the yeah. show page yeah, for everyone good. who who knows good and well that I'm bad at saying links out loud. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you moved it there, and um, your print ran sold out immediately.
2: Yeah, kind of just banished into the ether. Um,
0: yeah, I know I didn't get one. <laughs> that's I pretty cool. I, I didn't get one, and I'm still salty about it. Okay.
1: <laughs> like, uh, like those are good problems. That's good, that's yeah, a good I have it digitally,
0: yeah. um, but I wanted it on my shelf so that people could come in and be like, "What's this?" What? <laughs> yeah. Love
2: that reaction. Um,
0: um. But yeah, so you've got uh, another product now that you're putting out on Proud Geek Store as well. Um, Hard Orc Dungeon, and because you know. There's no need to have this conversation twice with the DM skill.
2: <laughs> yeah, <that's>, uh, <laughs> I had it once. Done that.
0: Yeah. Um, so. so, you know, I guess its page has it phrased here. Like, who's your audience for this project? As like, you know, opposed to your others. Like, wh- what's what's in the book? What can we expect?
2: Um, well, when I said when I when I write these kind of things, I tend to have an agenda, that's yeah. masqueraded under. Um, Sort of massively buff orcs. Um, so I kind of want to talk about a few things actually, in the, like in the guise of a and D adventure. There's a few things that I want to talk about, and I, one of those is um, um, so the, the ways in which gay male bodies are represented. So I'm having a lot of bulk done which presents different kinds of uh, you know, gay orcs naturally, but also orcs with disabilities. Um larger orcs, older orcs, orcs well, they're all gonna be portrayed positively as sexual beings, which don't necessarily like adhere to the like the gay male standard of what it is, which is like just to add on a figure, which is like cookie cutter, you know like washboard abs and so on
0: oh, i know. there's there's at least two kinds of gay men in, in culture there's there's the adonis <laughs> figure and then there's the big burly hairy man it's people that's what that's yes. what movies have shown us
2: that is it apparently so we're gonna we're gonna show some different kinds <laughs> of like gay men and, and what you know what that means because you know, tall short big like they're all different kinds of people and that isn't that isn't often shown so i kind of want to talk about that um a little and i also want to talk about um sort of um you no, um consent and sort of what discussion of what that means safety tools and comparing those we use in rpgs so those that are used in sort of bdsm culture and the limitations and sort of those and where we need to be careful um and i kind of want to explore those two things because obviously um gay culture and bdsm culture are quite strongly linked they're very mm-hmm. strong links at pride sort of um you know, there's a lot of interconnects between these sure, communities sure. so i think it's a natural gelling point um i think it makes for some quite a few fun jokes um no, and I think it's just uh, it's uh, it's uh, everyone loves gay orcs, so those things have kind of come together in this in this adventure. Which, no, I kind of wanted to write about it. Can now. So it's
1: so it's an adventure rather than player content or whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah, Curse of Hearts adventure, I kind of want to follow that format almost. Um, for This kind of series, almost. I suppose, it's, I suppose it's going to be a series. I might do one after this. Thinking gay devils after this. I think we're doing like a little series almost through CrowdGeek. Um, I know the guy they runs it quite well, and he was kind enough. To um distribute the Cause of Hearts content because I'm not a logistics man, I'm gonna have to send out fifty copies. That's never gonna happen. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um but he was good enough to do it for me. Um and seeing as he's happy enough to continue that, like I'm like, oh well, here's another opportunity to do another uh, print. It's quite nice to have your name or printed, you know. Yeah, very different.
1: So is is this the kind of thing where if there's a content creator out there listening to our show and listening to what you talk and say, yes, yes, that's what I wanna do is is proud geek co the place now to maybe look as an alternative to dm's guild
2: i mean for certainly for queer content and gay content he's very keen to expand his sort of um, portfolio almost i think he's quite a, quite a young business he only started this year um but honestly the way he managed because of hearts Mitchell, i didn't have to i sent him the stuff and he sent it off to all i mean i did two runs like both of them sold out like a day and he had them all sorted in like 48 hours and it's good for him it drives content to him he wants to work with you know emergent queer creators um he's started to do more in rpgs there's a lot of traffic in that inherently but he does comics and books as well And i don't know i think he's quite keen to work with new people and new gay art and stuff so sure i mean get in touch
0: but um so you had it already, like, pretty much, like, laid out and ready for print and everything, though.
2: Mm. Yeah, I had it pretty much um, ready to go before I sent it to him. He doesn't want to handle any of the actual making of a thing, but he sent it out. I mean, I, I, I didn't expect it to go to print, but honestly, it's actually very easy to make something in a PDF form to, mm-hmm. to get it printed most of the time. I mean, the OBDS's Demon's Guild's print structure is literally made in the Stone Age. Like, I don't know how they make it so difficult. Um, it drives me at the wall. i like, trying to get anything printed through the DMs <laughs> Guild. is literally like scribing it on t- stone tablets and having it shipped over like person by person. Um, like any other website, you can just take the PDF, export it into individual pages and then you're done. Like <laughs> it was easy as that really. Making um, you sure
0: your art's high enough resolution? Bada bing, bada boom. you're Yeah,
2: um, but you know, um, it was pretty much simple as that. Honestly, it was simple as sending the stuff over to him.
1: Do you do, you do your own layout or do you, have you hired a layout
2: person? I do Um, trial and error honestly Um, I learned to do Mm. it as part of that kind of year two year kind of teething process I kept looking at it and thinking why isn't mine the same as this why doesn't it look the same and every time I had a question I just went and found out the reason why it was wrong and like 10 products down the line it started looking something like I wanted it to Um, I picked up Adobe Suite pretty early honestly Um, if you're a student it's pretty cheap um, and I was at the time Um, and I just learned how to use it from scratch and now it's so much cheaper than hiring someone to do it (laughs)
0: That is definitely yes, a yes. cost-saving like, venture right there. there. Um, I, You know, I, I'm very upset that, like, I'm very good at editing, but you can't edit your own stuff. You just can't. It's impossible. <laughs> uh, doop, 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 doop. So I'm always going to have to pay someone for that.
2: <laughs> Tragic.
0: I know, I know. I'm just going to barter so- back and forth, though
1: so you've you've said before uh that you feel like you're quote a book and a half away unquote from a cease and desist order from wizards is that is that even a thing that can be done given the open game license do you know i'm not and if sure. it does happen what are you gonna do
2: i mean honestly i feel like if they wanted to they would find a way you know jurassic park style i feel like they would just i feel like they have the hasbro's an army of lawyers if they really wanted to make it difficult I'm sure they could find a way to do that. So. I mean, I'm pretty sure they can shut down all the DMs Guild content like a drop of a hat because they're the publisher. If they want to take that offline, they don't need a reason. Mm-hmm. So there's ways to pressure me into not producing D&D content every day I want to. And honestly, am I going to hire a lawyer? I can't afford a lawyer. So they can do whatever damn hell they like for the most part. And all I can do is kick up a stink on social media about it. Um, there's a certain element of, there's oh, a certain amount that they can do that I can't stop them doing. Um, I'm hoping they don't, but there's a possibility that they do. And if they do, I guess I have to find something else to write. <laughs>
1: So uh level zero, which is your which is a whole a game, RPG. not just an yeah, not just an adventure that you wrote about uh fledgling uh adventurers doing <laughs> favors for a witch, my favorite you topic. wrote in um,
0: Caperoning Goats. That's where I was sold. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes, the goats. Page and iron. Uh <laughs> large caprine fans. <friends>. Fans <laughs> of large caprines. Yay. 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 <laughs> Uh, so, Level Zero was written from Forged in the Dark, which is kind of the system-neutral Blades in the Dark format. What made you decide that Session Zero was going to be Blades in the Dark chassis rather than a 5e chassis?
2: Well, I can't, I wanted to do something that wasn't D&D. So, Level Zero was something that I, I was gen, generally me sticking my toes in the water. with something that is not D&D, well, not even D20-based. So I've been writing D&D for a long time, and I'm, I'm very aware... Almost how fragile that ecosystem is, that the five ecosystem become tumbling at any moment, it's very profitable right now. But I wanted to get some experience writing for some games that are not based in DND, just for the sake of having some, you know, room to room to grow, I suppose. And also somewhere to go if the DND thing starts to collapse in itself, you know, like a dying star. So presuming that that doesn't, you know, happen, I kind of want to do some. I, so I kind of I love Blaze in the Dark. I thought it's a great thing to build. I know it well, I can build a game on it. And so level zero, it was just my favorite topic. I mean, I run D and D games about doing favors for a witch all the time. It's my favorite thing in the world. And I thought, well, that's I can, these two things that I can mash together that I know well. That was on the game that's not gonna, you know, <laughs> blow up. Um, and so, like, um, I put that on itch.io because I thought, well, you know, um, quite like that, gives me more money and doesn't give OBS any for now. So yeah, no. Nice.
1: I oh, where did you put it? I'm I put sorry. it on
2: itch.io. Um, oh, gotcha. that gotcha. uh, sort kind of indie, for indie games mostly? Um, it's quite you know um, quite a nice site actually I'm not going to lie to you um, it's pretty easy to get stuff on there it's deceptively easy actually <laughs> similar <laughs> in, similar yeah, in concept familiar.
0: as yeah. the DMs Guild it's, um, it's a publishing platform and people can just put their own content on there there's a lot of um, like video games
2: yeah a lot of video games and a lot of um, sort of micro RPGs uh, sort of early indie RPGs selling their PDFs there, that kind of thing Um, It's kind of an alternative to OBS in some ways. And honestly, I kind of went with it because someone recommended it to me. And I thought, well, how bad can it be? Um, But it actually lives in the 21st century, unlike OBS, which is, you know, again, nice. Um, So all the features that one might expect and they they don't take nearly as much money for it. So it would seem like the natural step for me to try and move away from, um, if moving away from the DM skills seemed like move away entirely was a...
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's... Nice to be able to do that for the content that doesn't need the, I guess, Wizards IP um, because you've got the, the the brand following now, as it were.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's sort of, um, I feel more freedom to do that kind of thing now. I can't experiment with that kind of thing and not make a you know, not make a loss there, basically. Um, it gives me freedom to, to tinker about and experiment and find things to do that aren't necessarily... Um, people will sometimes look at my stuff just because I wrote it nowadays about signing to Vainglory is not necessarily because it's tacked on to you know fifth edition I mean both those things working together make the most money naturally but it's nice to know that there are some people who will look at things right even though they're not the sometimes so.
1: yes yes <laughs> and it's good to have that that breadth of experience yeah um so dandy uh has been good for your life uh as i understood it you had a fear of public speaking which was cured by a decade or so of running games
2: well i just i used to tell you met you like your that. husband through games right? <laughs> uh the circumstances in which i met my husband are not uh for anyone <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, that's not okay. no, we're not gonna we're not gonna go there. That is okay. that is not, Fair that enough. Is not a safe Fair conversation. Enough. And I will admit to you, anywhere where his could hear it. Feasibly. <laughs> so we're gonna you
1: know. to gaming. That's, that's enough. <laughs> enough, <laughs> said. <laughs> <laughs> enough said. Enough said. So I but you guys are you do play a lot of games together. Oh, I
2: lured him into it. Yeah, I straight on. I was like, Well, you no, know, basically you can't with me if you don't like D and D So here we are, let us we're doing this. Like <laughs> I definitely um well when we're when we're dating, I'm I one of my ways to, you know, um see him more often was to play D and D with him. So, you know and he is a compulsive gamer. It was like it was pretty easy to, to lure him I, onto that.
0: <laughs> I feel this one. I've had numerous uh partners where like a date them and like they're like, I've never played i D I'm like, Good news <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is what we're doing tomorrow. So <laughs> gonna couch see some dice. Um, so he's been very forbearing about it, but um, no, we still do like play together now. But um, I definitely, I definitely lured him in as part of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, D D has been—it's just—it's just very useful as like a as a tool for like expanding your social skills, I suppose, and your ability to talk. I mean, this, nowadays, you can't stop me talking, but um, like when I was eleven, and so I, I couldn't I couldn't talk in front of anyone at all. I was very shy, genuinely. And learning to run those games, learning how to talk to people and negotiate with them and to like field requests and say yes or no to them and then negotiate and compromise all those are all tools that you need to do without you realizing that's what it's doing and yep. a few years down the line suddenly you're able to like stand your ground and have conversations with people that you wouldn't have had previously genuinely it's just a great like social skills punching bag you know um, it's really I'm handy
0: definitely a lot more Absolutely. assertive sense getting into role playing games that's the word I'm gonna go with
2: yeah I think that's right <laughs> <laughs> i think you have to be don't you i'd say i want to barge into the room full of knolls nothing but a teaspoon and you're like no no. Not, no no don't no. try again like, <laughs> <We are not. laughs> please i assist. like it but no <laughs> <laughs> i love the idea but let's try to feel something else so um but yeah i think it you know, you can get out of it what you put into it a lot of the time um but as a way of communicating with people and learn, learning how to do that in a safe environment that doesn't have massive amount of impact on the outside world um, no, it has applicational sort of things. Um, it's made a massive difference to how I, how I, you know, I, how I approach things, definitely.
1: So, uh, so the RPG community, t- tabletop RPG community, has not always been uh, a good place for queer folk. Um, and you have, you have made your way, ostensibly, <laughs> to a place that looks like the top. Do you have survival a tip, uh, survival tips, for yeah. younger, less experienced queer folk trying to make their way in the tabletop game as a player and as a creator and as through the industry? You
0: know, outside of the, uh, I guess the old-fashioned, don't just don't talk about it. <laughs>
2: just, just stay in a cupboard <laughs> with your computer. Nobody can find you.
0: Because uh, we're not, good. <laughs> we're not, we're not good at that one. We're going to need better advice. <laughs>
2: I guess uh, there was a certain element of if you're not if you're not comfortable, you know, obviously just do what you need to do to make you feel safe. But there's 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 more people out there now visibly doing things. A lot of queer creators that I know that certainly have come out in the last like year or two that are are there almost as they. I mean, being queer has always been a large part about finding, you you know, finding your family and about you know making making friends and then becoming a part of part of your life because you choose them. And I think I uh, I met some creators in the TGB RPG community as I've been creating things that are genuinely rocks um, on which when I go to them I say, people are made to me on the internet. Um, and you know if you have that kind of um like uh, grounding sort of on which to people who will support you no matter what, because they have your shared experiences and they know what you're going through. You don't really need to be afraid of what anyone else thinks about you. You can't make everyone happy. People are always gonna. People, someone's always gonna like think you're a dick, no matter no matter what you do. So you might as well um, find people that you know are gonna support you and love you r- regardless, and then let your freak flag fly a bit because you know um, you'll be happier that way in the long run. <laughs>
0: like, truer words have never been spoken.
2: You know, gonna take yep. a few knocks anyway, so you might as well do it with a rainbow flag. Out your do. Yeah. It helps at it all. <laughs>
0: um so we we're actually just over an hour now oh, nice. um no that's fine we, we did an hour and 40 minutes so not too long ago but whatever um but so with that said um is there anything else that you want to um hit before we close the show share with our audience
1: anything you want to tell our listeners about what to do how to do it a new project coming out where to get inspiration What do you want to tell folks?
2: I think I've spoken quite a lot already. I think think people have heard more than enough me for now. But um, I mean, I think the one thing I'd like to reinforce, and I, I see people say it sometimes, but I think it's really important, is if we're talking about, we're talking a lot about new creators today and what they should expect and what they should do in order to be successful i suppose and one thing i really want to reinforce is that i think i've said it enough today is that when you're creating content you can't be too invested in it doing well at first i've written so many clangers so many projects that i've just sunk to the bottom of the ocean like they had 10 apple tied to them and there's nothing you can do about that they're just gonna fail and you're gonna love them they're little babies and they're gonna die um but it's okay, you just drop it and you, you start a new one. And like 10 projects down the line, things are going to start working out just through a war of attrition. Like you see, I see a lot of people do one project and it flubs and they're upset and they never try again. Or some people that do one project and it shoots to the stars on a random stroke of fate and they think the next one will do well and it flubs and they never try again. Like it's that consistency. Keep trying, Like just keep practicing on it and keep doing it. And eventually, it'll take care of itself. Um. <laughs> Like I promise. I think that is that is very hopeful advice.
0: Very good advice. Like just perseverance goes a long way. Which
2: is hard. It is hard because there are days when I'm looking at it, I think that product didn't do as well as I wanted to do, and why? I loved it dearly. Um, (laughs) It was my my baby five, and you have to pick yourself up and do uh, continue anyway, even if it disappears into the dust, Um, because the next one might not. Next one might be better. Um, (laughs) So just gonna keep trying.
0: I just try not to think about it. Yeah, bury
2: it it deep. Um,
0: Okay, well, um, I guess that's going to be it for this episode of the Roundtable. So before we leave, Oliver, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online?
2: Oh, God. Um, Yeah, so mostly hang out on Twitter um, at deathbybadger um you can find my stuff on dm's as well uh one or two things on um itch.io as well which i guess we'll put links to that in the thing, mm-hmm. i suppose because i don't know how to spell that top of my head i should do put stuff on there don't know how to spell it um that's mostly where i hang out and, um i don't think there's anywhere else you'll find me if they delete my twitter account i'm basically gone so let's hope they don't do that oh right. no <laughs> 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 there <laughs> would no evidence of me ever having existed i had to find another platform didn't i it was terrible
1: <laughs> all right Paige. we're gonna be to find you uh, sure. You can find me on Twitter at Page Lightman. You can find me on Facebook at Page Lightman. Or you can find me and my husband uh, online at benandpageright.com.
0: And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Jenny Loveday. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch are all the same. And then my website, through a great streak of luck is also the same jennyloveday.com you can find the roundtable on twitter d the letter in d roundtable we're on facebook under the same and you can always shoot us an email to dndroundtable at gmail.com if you've got any thoughts comments suggestions feedbacks you really hated something we said whatever it is you want to throw at us we're available please like us on facebook leave a review on facebook itunes wherever you find your podcast we appreciate your support and feedback until next time thanks Bye, folks.
2: Bye.